Okay, Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Um, so we have now concluded the laws of uh, Kriyat Torah, and we are uh, finishing up the laws of Hilchot Shachrit um, and all of the, the concluding part of the, the prayers. Um, and so we're going to be dealing today with Ashrei and Lamnatzeach and Uval Etzion. Uh, before we get to that, we didn't really discuss Tachanun. So I just want to uh, literally in five minutes give a very brief overview of Tachanun and the laws of Tachanun before we move on to, to Ashrei. So first of all, Tachanun, where does it come from? We actually find a source for Tachanun in, in Halakha, it's usually called Nefilat Apayim, falling on one's face. We find actually a source for it in the Torah. And where do we see that? We saw that with the story of Korach, where Moshe Rabbeinu, when they hear the complaints of the people, and they fall on their faces. And when they're falling on their faces and are davening for that Akash Baruch Hu shouldn't wipe out uh, the, um, the people, we see from here that these supplications, says Rabbeinu Bachaye, ze hamakor lenefilat So that's very interesting that we already see it from the Torah, the Tvila of Moshe and Aaron. Secondly, we find it also in the book of Yehoshua. Yehoshua, in the, the, uh, when the people tried to attack uh, the city of Ai, and they failed at first, and 36 people died. And there we see that Yehoshua also is an Ophelah Panav. He falls on his face in supplication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there we see for the first time a, descript a description of Lifnei Ha'aron, that he falls on his face in front of the, in front of the tabernacle. And from here we know that Tachanon is basically what only falls on one's face in front of a Sefer Torah. Not even in front of an Aaron. It has to be when there is a Sefer Torah there. That is generally how the Psak is. Uh, Yerushalayim's got a special din that we consider in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the whole of Yerushalayim is in front of the Aaron. But other than that, we fall on our faces. Um, the prayer of Tachanun obviously is in order to engage in HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a, a serious uh, level of supplications that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should forgive us. And the Aruch HaShulchan has a very, very pertinent comment. We know that the Tachanun is divided into three parts. The first part is where we literally fall on our faces, we put our hands down. The second part where Shomer Yisrael, we we generally sit in a sitting position. And then the third paragraph is Vanachnu Lo Neida, right? We, we, we don't know what to do. Says Aruch HaShulchan a, a, a phenomenal insight into all of Hilchot Shachrit. He says, when we start Shachrit, we are sitting down, right? And, uh, and then when we, Psuke uh, Zimra, we generally do sitting down. And then when we get to the uh, Amida, we stand up. Right, and then afterwards we fall on our faces, and then we go down to sitting, and then we go down to standing. So it's really reversing the order. If the, up until that point we were sitting, then we were standing, then we were falling on our faces. Tachnon uh, falls, we fall, fall on our faces, then we sit, and then we stand. And what is the idea? Says Aruch Hashulchan, we're trying to engage and, and, and ask your 
your supplications and your mercy, we actually don't know how to do it. Should we sit? Should we stand? Should we fall on our faces? We've tried everything and we're not necessarily have we been successful. But we don't know what to do. So that's a very nice uh, understanding of how um, of how the Aruch HaShulchan really uh, puts all of Hilchot Tefillah together. First, then we daven, then we sit, then we stand. And then afterwards, we do the same thing in the opposite order, really in order to uh, ask Hashem for our supplications. Okay, now that we've uh, dealt with uh, Tachnun in a, a very, very brief oversight of the laws of Tachnun, I want to focus today on the laws of Ashrei and Uvalitzion and a fascinating, fascinating discussion amongst the Rishonim as to the definition of Uvalitzion in its place in Tefillah. Let's begin with Ashrei. We know the Gemara in Masechet Brachot Aftalet says, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Avina, Kol Ha'omerti Lala David B'chol Yom Shalosh Pa'amim, Muftach Lo Shu Ben Ha'olam Aba. So we know that Chazal say that people, we should be saying, we should be reciting um, Ashrei three times a day. And so the question is, okay, so maybe we should do one in Ma'ariv, one in Shachrit, one in Mincha. Why do we do two in Mincha, uh, two in Shachrit and one in Mincha? Explains the Ramah. V'umin ha'kpashut lomar v'anachnu lo'neida v'chatsi kaddish ashrei v'lam natseach. Right? And, uh, um, and the, the Ramah says, we say Ashrei after, that's the Minag. I, we say it twice in, in Shachrit, right? And uh, now we, uh, the Aruch HaShulchan explains this idea. Bachar Chatsi Kaddish, Yomru Ashrei, V'lam Natsiach, and Uvalitzion. Why? The Kashem Sheba Shachrit Yesh Shnei Kedushot. Just as in Shachrit, we have two Kedushas. Levad Kedusha Yotzer. Further, uh, uh, other than the Kedusha of Yotzer Or, we have two other Kedushas. Sheino, so, so says Aruch HaShulchan, and we'll come back to this Aruch HaShulchan, because Aruch HaShulchan says the Kedusha that we recite in the Brachot of Kriyachma of Yotzer Or isn't really Kedusha. But there are two other Kedushas. The first is in the repetition of the Amidah. The second is when we say it during Yuvalitzion. And both of those kedushas, um, meaning Ashrei is said in Shachri twice as a connected to the two separate kedushas that we have in Ashrei. The Ashrei that we find at the repetition of the, of the Amidah, that's why we say Ashrei during Pesukah de Zimra, and the Ashrei before we recite Yuvalitzion, which also has kedusha. And since in Mincha there's only one Kedusha, and in, since in Mariv, Lake Kedusha, we don't have any Kedusha, right? Um, and that is the idea of the Aruch HaShulchan that really is tying everything into together, saying that we say Ashrei because of the two Kedushas that we find in Shachrit and the one Kedusha that we find in Mincha, and that's why we say Ashrei once. During Mincha. Now, the Aruch HaShulchan explains further. Because Ashrei also has Kedusha Vakadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Because it says, Aromimcha Bechol Yom Avarachecha Gadol Hashem Dor Ladar Hadar Kvododecha 
etc., etc., להורות שהוא יתברך מרומם על כל ברכה או תהילה שזה עניין קדוש קדוש. Explains the Aruch HaShulchan. What is the concept of Kedusha? It is describing HaKadosh Baruch Hu as holy, describing his glory and his holiness, his loftiness, and that also is mentioned in Ashrei. It's a very specific type of praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's describing his gloriness, his loftiness, and as we'll see later on in the Shiru, Kedusha also has a concept of Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying Hashem's name, the mitzvah lekadesh Hashem Shamayim, to sanctify God's name, we fulfill during Ovalitzion, and that says Aruch Hashulchan, we also fulfill when we say Ashrei, and therefore Chachamim wanted to connect us saying Ashrei as a prelude to us talking about Ovalitzion. Okay, now or something just. Skipped on my screen, sorry. Um, what's going on over here? Some jumping, one second. Um, okay. Right, we're now Okay, so now, after the, we've explained that, furthermore, um, what, uh, okay, the otam ba'ashrei lefishe hichninu mazona nefesh bekriyat shema utfila v'talit utfilin v'yuchud Hashem ma'avato. It's very interesting. He describes also that ashrei is like a request for the food of the soul. And after we, and, and what's the food of the soul? We then say kriyat shema and we daven tfila and without filling in our tzitzit. And then he gives a very nice explanation that the second ashray is that after we've asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu for our spiritual food, we're now asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for our material sustenance. So that is the two ashrays why we say that. The, uh, we now move on to the next part, which is Lam And here again, uh, we use the Aruch HaShulchan to explain why is Lam Natsach written, uh, uh, said at this part of the tefillah. Explains Aruch HaShulchan, Since we ask HaKosh Baruch Hu for our Parnasa now, Lam Natsach is really asking HaKosh Baruch Hu to, to answer us in our hour of distress, and since we're asking for our parnasa, it makes sense to, to, to um, say the, the capital to heal him of Lam Natsach. Why does it talk about uh, um, the God of Yaakov, right, sets you on high, as opposed to the God of Abraham or the God of Yitzchak? From here, we learn out that one who basically has the burden of the uh, um, the, the, the burden of of responsibility, he is the one who should be calling out. Explains in Makom Makom Yaakov, Shekola Banim Shelo, Betarach Begidulam, 
Yaakov Avinu had to deal with all of his 12 sons and all of the Balaganim, he who was responsible for what was going on with his family, he is the best person to ask Rachamim. The Yaakov Banim. Since Yaakov Avinu is the one who's going through this tremendous uh, trial of parenthood, right? And, and he had to worry about feeding his family. We know Yaakov Avinu's life was not a simple life. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved Yaakov. Similarly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will save, uh, save us. So that is the idea behind why we say uh, according to the um, according to the Arach HaShulchan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should provide for our families just as he provided for Yaakov Avinu's uh, 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 family. The Piskei Tshuvot, uh, brings a different answer. It was brought down in a midrash. Right? And, and after you've davened, a friend says, may your, may your prayers be answered. So, so basically, after we've said the Shmona Yisrael, so this Yancha Hashem is really summarizing all of our requests should be answered by Kodesh Baruch Hu. Uh, and also because the Gamnit nation medaber mi inyanei hakeitz. Now it talks about the end of days. It talks about the coming of Mashiach. Yishlach ezrucham Kodesh Hashia Hashem Meshicho. And therefore we say it as a prelude to Uvalitzion Goel, right? Uvalitzion Goel is talking about the Geula coming to Zion, coming to, to Israel. So it's appropriate to describe, to, to say the Tehillim, which talks about the bringing of Mashiach and the end of days before we discuss Uvalitzion. <clears throat> now, when do we say Uvalitzion, uh, sorry, Lam uh, for many of us that have been going to Shul, um, this is often you never know. Uh, are we saying Lam today? There's certain days why, where you do say Lam certain days you don't say Lam What is the rule? So let's see how the Yalkut Yosef explains the rule. At least this is a psak according to the Svaradim. Days that the Tachanun uh, is not said. Since we don't ask the certain days that are celebratory days, that we don't ask um, for Hashem's rachamim, so it's also not appropriate to describe to to discuss yancha Hashem biyom tzara. And therefore, if we don't say tachanun, similarly we're not going to say lam natzach. V'chein enom rimbaim mizmor tvila la David Hashem azra aleni hoyven emrav ro biyom tzara tiyakraecha. Okay. Uh, it's not, and explains the Yalkut Yosef, it is not, How can we just start describing our Kodesh Baruch when we don't say Tachanun? Uh, because if we're not saying Tachanun, obviously it's a celebratory day. Also, if there's a chatan or brit milah, 
since it's a celebratory day, so we don't we don't go into these supplications. And therefore, says Rab Ovadia, uh, uh, Rab Yitzchak Yosef, quoting his father, since we don't say Tachnun, we don't say uh, we don't say Lamatzach. However, the Rama brings a slightly uh, limit, uh, more a different practice, which is more limited. Says the Rama in Orachaim Kuflamed Aleph Seif Aleph. No, says Ramah, and this is where it gets a bit complicated. There's certain days, even though you don't say Tachanun, you're still going to say Lam Natsiach. When are the days that even that you don't say Lam Natsiach? Says Ramah, Milvad, Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim, Erev Pesach, Erev Yom Kippur, other than that, for example, we have many, many days that we don't say Tachanun, where it's considered the Tashlumim um, of, uh, let's say, Shavuot. So Shavuot, you have like a week afterwards that we don't say Tachanun, because it's still considered Tashlumim for the Chag. However, according to the Ramah, you would still say Lam Natsiach, as opposed to the Svari uh, um, Minag, they wouldn't say Lam on those days. Okay, what about in a Shiva house? Explains the Piskei Chubot. Also in a house of an Abel, we don't say Tachnun, we don't say Lam Natsiach. And when there's a chatan in the Beit Knesset, although the chatan himself doesn't say Lam Natsiach, everyone else does. But according to the Svarim, once there's a chatan, then the entire community doesn't say Lam Natsiach. Okay. Now, um, we're going, now moving on to the next part, which is Uvalitzion. And Uvalitzion <clears throat> is quite a unique prayer, as we'll see. It's a uh, it's, it's it's got a lot of, a, a lot of power. It says the Gemara in Masechet Sota Memtet. Rav Shimon ben Gamliel Omer Mishum Rabbi Yoshua. So we're stating in the name of Rabbi Yoshua the Tana. Miyom Shecharav Beit Hamikdash, from the day that the temple was destroyed, right? There's always uh, um, there's always going to be a curse. Amar Rava, the whole yom the yom, merube klalato Michel Chaveron. The 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 curses just get worse as time goes on. Shneimar baboker tomar miyitain erev uva erev tomar miyitain boker. That, if I'm not mistaken, is coming from this week's parsha that we are going to be reciting in Parshat Kitavo. If we're talking about the boker of tomorrow, miyada mahabe, right? Who's going? To, who knows what's going to be in the in the next day? It must be referring to yesterday. Says the Gemara. If there's so many curses going on every day since the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, how does the world actually continue to exist? Says the Gemara, Akadusha de Sidre, the Yehesh Rabba da Agarata. A very powerful statement of the Gemara. It's based on 
the world is sustained because of the Kedusha, the Sidra. This is the Kedusha that is recited in order, right, after the, um, <clears throat> after the Shemona Esrei, what we call today, um, based on that prayer, the world is able to, uh, to uh, exist, together with, the, when we say Kaddish, Yehesh Rabba, that uh, on, on certain parts when a person uh, says a galat. Rashi explained, Akadusha de Sidra, say the Kadusha, because in Ovalitzion we say, say the Kadusha, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Shelot Tiknuhu, Elish, you call Israel Oskin Batora, the Cholyom Dvar Muat. The reason why the sages instituted Ovalitzion is that the entire nation of Klal Israel will be involved in Torah learning. And here we have both the sanctification of the law of the of the of Hashem. Together with Talmud Torah, this is so great. Why why is it Talmud Torah? Because there's an Aramaic translation in the Uvalitzion, really it's learning Torah. And therefore these two elements of sanctifying Hashem's names and Talmud Torah, which is said by all of Am Yisrael, not only the Talmud Echachamim, this is the merit, these two, the synthesis of sanctifying Hashem's name and Talmud Torah by all of Klal Yisrael is which is, is the merit in which the world is able to uh, continue. And this is what the Shulchan Aruch says. Shulchan Aruch, quoting this Gemara, says, since it's so powerful, we have to be very careful to recite it with a um, with the right uh, with the right Kavana. Now, we know that the Kedusha recited in in um, the Kedusha recited in the repetition of the Amidah is what's called Davar Shebi Kedusha. Davar Shebi Kedusha can only be recited with 10 people. You don't, uh, you don't interrupt it, etc., etc. What about this Kedusha the Sidra? What is the status of this, um, what is the status of this Kedusha? Has it also, can it only be recited in a minion? So let's read what the tour says. The Katab Rav, we know that the Mishnah already told us that anything that is has to be said in the minion. Now, since we know we don't say the repetition of the Amida without a minion and the Kedusha without a minion, so therefore says Rav Tzemach Gaon that also the Kedusha that we recite in Valencian has to be said in a minion. Right? And if it's a Talmud Chacham, so he should be, he should deal with the Galata. He should learn something. But the actual exact order of the Kedusha that was instituted by the sages the 
since this is considered the Dabar Shadikdusha, can only be said in a in a minion. The Yesh Mishomer, but there are those that say, Shekevan Shem Psukim Arekoravatora, the Hole Achid, Lomran, that since this is a um, since in the end of the day, you're just quoting Psukim from Yeshayahu and Yechezkel, there's no problem in saying them by themselves. However, it says the Torah, but then you have to say it with the correct cantillation, with the correct chop. Um, as they teach the school kids in school. Okay. Uh, however, then he says, Katavti b'shem Abi Adovi Adoni Abi Harosh sheyachid yachol amran. So there's a machloket between the Rosh and Rav Tzemach Gaon whether you are allowed to say kedusha um, by yourself. The truth is, at the end of this shir, there's a fantastic essay by Rav Jeremy Kulak who brings down that there are actually no less then four separate opinions amongst the Rishonim. And I'll just say them very briefly um, out, uh, outside. The opinion of the Ramba is that the Kedusha during the repetition of the Amida is obviously a Dabasha Bikdusha and cannot be recited by itself. Also the Kedusha in Uvala Zion, and also the Kedusha in the Birkot Kriyachma of Yotzeror. And says the Rambam, all three of those kedushas cannot be said if you are davening by yourself. That is the most machmer opinion. That is the opinion of the Rambam. Then you have the Rivet. And the Rivet says that no, Yotzer Or is, is, is Sipurim Ba'alma. It's just, uh, you know, you're describing what the angels did. But that's not a problem. But the other two kedushas, the kedusha at the repetition of the Amida and the Kedusha of, and the Kedusha of Uvalitzion, that is going to be a problem. It's called Davar Shabiktusha, can only be said in 10. Rabbeinu Yonah takes the opposite approach. Rabbeinu Yonah says that no, that Yotzer or is really a problem. However, the Kedusha of Uvalitzion is Talmud Torah, and since it's Talmud Torah, therefore there's no problem of saying it beyachid. And the final opinion is the opinion of the Rosh. The Rosh explains that we are makal regarding all based on the reasons that in Yotzer Or, it's just describing, it's not really uh, um, saying Kedusha, it's just describing what the angels did. And in Uval it's really Talmud Torah. And since it's Talmud Torah, therefore you can say it without a minion. How does the Ramah Pafkin? The Ramah says in Arachaim Kuflamet Bet, Ule'inyan imayachid omra. Right? So whether an individual can say it by himself, says Rama, it's similar to the Kedusha of Yotzer, and there he already explained that there's no problem, we don't pass him like the Rambam, we pass him that it's okay to recite Kedusha at that stage. Right? We know the Kedusha Shebetargum, Yachid Omra, Veloshnaim, right? He can say it, but Ram. So when it comes to the Aramaic, so here he may recite it 
right? But two people don't recite it. So it should not be said out loud with when you're reciting the Aramaic part in the congregation, just the Hebrew. Okay, explain to me from Burra. The following idea. That regarding Yotzer or the minhag is to say it by oneself. However, we saw the shit of the Rambam, and therefore it's best, if possible, to say it in the community. If the community is already said, but it got to Batakadosh. And he's in the middle of Sukkot Zimri. He hasn't yet got to Ashrei. He should then say it. If he hasn't got to that, he should say it with the community. And only afterwards should he say Ashrei Lam Natsach. And only afterwards should he say Ashrei Lam Natsach. So you should say all of those Sukkim. <clears throat> now, the, the, we saw according to the, the, the Ashkenazi psak, basically there's no problem. An individual can recite, uh, can recite it, and it's okay. The Svari psak is not so simple. There's, there's the Yalkut Yosef. <laughs> And he creates Kedusha the Sidra. Says, he says it's permitted. Even without the cantillation, without the trough. In order to fulfill obligation, according to the Rambam, one should recite it with the trough so that it is, uh, so we can fulfill the obligation according to all the Rishonim and not just the Rosh. Okay, now the question is, what about interrupting? Now we know that you're allowed to interrupt even parts of the brachot of Kriyachma to say, to answer Kedusha. So, but that, that's the Kedusha in the repetition of the Amida. Do we say the same thing regarding the Kedusha to Sidra in Uvalatiyon? So says the Gemara over here, it says the Minchat uh, Yitzchak, Although it is preferable to say it in a community, that they say it together also in Uvalation, they also say it together out loud, so that everyone can say it together. What if a person is not dabbling with them? Right? So, uh, so, sorry, sorry. Regarding Kedusha the Sidra, you should answer. And you can say it even before you daven. The Minag is not to do that. Anyone who 
if you haven't yet davened according to the Mishnah Brewer, the Minag is not to, to, to say it. Even though Meikar Adin, you can say it with the community. Mishnah Brewer says the Minag is not to. So says the, the Minchat Yitzhak, if that's the case, then definitely in a, in, in a place where you are, um, where, where you meant to not s- stop your davening, you should not say it at all. Okay, so that's the Minchat Yitzhak. The Prima Gadim says, Ayen Elia Rabba, Bigdushat, Uvalitzion, Im Yoshev, Ein Lolamod. And if a person's sitting, he shouldn't stand. Vimamad, Yamod, Kach. But if he's standing, he should remain standing. That is a opinion. Right? However, the Kafachaim argues. Aval Bezor Akadosh says the Kafachaim, right? And he has to say a dafka sitting and not standing. So according to the prima gadim, if you were sitting, sit. If you were standing, stand. No problem. According to Kafachain, you dafka have to be sitting. Okay. Uh, how do we pass it? Kafachain, prima gadim, two achroinim, one more Svari, one Ashkenazi, but not necessarily are, are we bound by the prima gadim or the kafachaim. It's not like Shulchan Aruch and Ramah, Fadim and Ashkenazim. So what do you do in such a case? It says the Shevet Halevi, And it's not so explicit in the postgame. We don't really understand these things. I'll call Ponim, but there and it was instituted in the times where they weren't able to daven. And the 18 brachot are basically hidden in them. Seems to me, says the Shevet Halevi, that it's preferable to stand. That when it comes to the Begidusha of Yotzer, right, which is a brocha, which is done sitting down, so he said, sit for, for Yotzer or, but stand for Valetzion. The Tov Lashebe, Ken Mashme, Sat Milashon, Nagid, Umitra Sheetik Vedator, Alkain, the Avid Kamar Abit. So he says, Listen, you want these, you can stand, you want you can sit, it's all good. Yeah. Okay. So that is just a summary of Uvalation. Let's just go now to Aleinu. Um, and we'll finish off with this. Uh, Aleinu, who wrote the, uh, the book of, who wrote the Twila of Aleinu? Explains the Sefer Akolbo. The Shamati she Yoshua, referring to Yoshua Benun, Sikno, Visha Shekabash Yericho. Visha Shekabash Yericho, meaning that Yoshua Benun instituted the prayer of Aleinu at the beginning of when Am Israel entered Eretz Israel. The Chatambo Shem Katnutole Mefreya. Right? Uh, and that's why it's used as Hoshea in his early days before Moshe added a Yud. Right? So it's uh, etc. 
ואנחנו קוראים את פטרה. עכשיו חיים פרידלנדר says that since Yericho was unable to be, remember they had to daven and the walls fell down, right? Um, so this this was the reason why Yeshua ben Nun basically composed a prayer of Aleinu. Now the Ramah writes, "V'omrim acher siyumat vila Aleinu l'shabeach meumad." We have to stand up. Isaiah lomro b'kavana. We should say it with deep intention. Shemagir el kel lo yoshia yafsik mad kodim shomar v'anachnu korim. You should separate it so that you. Uh, it's, it doesn't sound like you're bowing down to a non-god. Um, now, sorry. Um, so what is the purpose of Aleinu? So one explanation, right, is that it's praising a Kodesh Baruch Hu before you leave. You leave on a, you leave on a half. You leave in the Beit Midrash, you leave in the Shul. So now you want to end the Gosh Baruch with praise. Ketam gimu brachot achronot shebetfila ukeevet shekibel pras mirabo shemabchad meshabcho avolechlo. Listen, you asked a request from your from your maker. You then got uh, answered. So you say thank you. So you praise the Gosh Baruch Thank you very much. And she says, "Gam ken nirei le'taima b'marshe omri malenu l'shabeach after the tefila." So it's a, a type of prayer for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The uh, the Bach gives a different reason. The Bach says, "Hatamu litko bilvavenu kodim shaniftarim levatehem yichud malchut shamayim, v'shehichazek bilvavenu emunah zo sheavira gilulim min aaretz valilim karoti karitun." Explains the Bach that the reason why you say aleinu is you're going out into the world. And therefore, we need to strengthen our imuna when we're going into the workforce, Hashem Echad, Ushmo Echad, etc., etc. And that's really the reason why we end the tefillah, not as a conclusion of the shachrit, but rather as a, rather, this is a prelude, an introduction to our workday. And we should have the correct imuna and the correct understanding and bitachon in Hashem when we go into the workday. The Taz gives a slightly different reason. So we should stay in the Beit Midrash, point to the Taz, right? It sounds like it's just a mitzvah to, to, to stay a while to be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not necessarily a prelude, and it's not necessarily the conclusion. Let's just stay a while and be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay. Uh, Rav Soloveitchik Rath brought down by Rav Shechde, Nefesh HaRav. Kol zeh shibiyanu rak nicha lefi min hagsfar. Shomrim ashir shal yom kodem aleinu. If they say, as Rav Soloveitchik wanted to say, we took the second ounce of the Bach. It's really a matter to go into the workhouse. You're asking Rashut to leave the Shul, to leave the Beit Midrash, and enter the work. 
However, that makes sense according to Nusach Sfar, because Nusach Sfar, Aleinu, is always at the end of the Tefillah. Ach lefi minag ashkenaz, but according to minag ashkenaz, shenagulomar shir shol yom lachar aleinu, we say shir shol yom afterwards, bal kochach tzarich lomar, shaleinu meshamesh kagmara tefillah. Oh, explains Rav Salavaychik in a beautiful, beautiful way, the machloket between the Svarim and Ashkenazim, whether you say aleinu before shir shol yom or after shir shol yom, is really the reason behind why we were metaken aleinu to begin with. Do we say that this is some type of conclusion of the um, conclusion of the prayer? In which case it makes sense that it should be closer to the Shemona Isra and don't have the separation of Shur Shoyom. Or do we say that no, it's got nothing to do with concluding the, the prayer, rather it is a prelude and a, a matir and bakarashatrashut to go into the Workforce. If that's the case, that should be the it should be the last thing that is said before we leave the Beit Midrash. So this seems to be a machloikes between Nusach Svard and Nusach Ashkenaz, which one is the correct? Okay. Um, the Arizal says, and well, let's just read it in the Pithke Chuvot. But Nusach Zeshem Yisachavim Lehevel, who Nusach Kadmon Shuvah Besidurim Ayeshanim. And if you find in that, you'll find the gematria of Otoaish, the, the Jew boy that uh, went off the derech and started a new religion. Right? Now, there were certain explicit things mentioned in Aleinu that. Uh, because uh, due to inquisitions and censors, I was taken out of our Sidurim. So you have in parts in Aleinu, you have certain parts in parentheses, and that is basically because of this uh, censure. Right, he says, Although the world just generally bends their head and body a bit, one should take this more seriously and do a proper bowing as uh, as suggested by the Rambam. Okay. Um, let's, let's move on to Shur Shul Yom. So says the Gemara, I'm Tanya, Rabbi Yudo Omer, Mishum Rabbi Akiva. Hashem created the world and he's in charge of it. He divided up things. Kids of the Gemara goes through every day, we should say a different Shushal Yom, connecting to how Kosh created the uh, world. And Rashi explains, excuse me, Rashi explains each one is, um, and uh, then the Ramban puts down. Now, according to this, if we notice in our Sidurim, if we notice in our Sidurim, we don't just say the capital to Hillel. We always start off by saying, Hayom Yom Rishon, Hayom Yom Shani. Where did that come from? 
Of a mechilta, says the Ramban. Of a mechilta, Rabbi Yitzchak Omer, don't count the days of the week right, as others, like the Goyim. We have to count according to Shabbat. They talk about Sunday, Monday. Or the celestial beings. However, the Jewish approach is different. Israel monim Shabbat, everything toward Shabbat, The Ramban says there's a mitzvah to remember the Shabbos. So say, how do you remember the Shabbos? When you say the Shushal Yom, you shall recite it every uh, every day. Okay. Final topic that we that uh, is very popular in Israel is less popular in in Chutzaret, and that is the recitation of Pitum Hakatoret. And we'll try and uh, we'll try and uh, work out why it's so it's not so popular in Chutzaret, but in Eretz Israel even Ashkenazim it's very popular that they say it. So where does this come from? There's a Gemara Amar Shimon. E- if people would know how dear this was, the story of the, the incense was in front of Akonshbarfu, they would they would basically take every word from the Kotoret, Pitama Kotoret, and, and they would concentrate on it. Right? And it would get them in their world to come. Why? Kids, a person is, has the correct kavana with Peter Makatari, gets this world, he gets Olam Abba. Kids are big brochas, big, big brochas. So if they're big, big brochas, so why isn't everyone saying it? It's a big thing. Says Maria Boab, the Pitumakatorit prayer is very powerful. Why is it very powerful? Because it's compared to the Korban. Now we know in bringing a Korban, if you bring the Korban, the incense, Without one of the ingredients, Yichayev Mita. So says Maria Buav, reciting the, the, the Pita Makatoret is just as powerful, and therefore, a person has to be very, very careful to say every single word. And if you don't, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And this is why Minag Ashkenaz in Chutzlaaret, the Minag was not to say it, because we we concerned about this, the concern of of, of, of you, you leaving out something out and, and, and you of meter. However, other opinions say, no, that's the korban itself. But if you leave out a word, you're not of meter and therefore there's no problem to say. The minag svard is to say it every day. Minag ashkenaz is not to say it every day, just on Shabbat. However, in Eretz Yisrael, a lot of the Ashkenazim have adopted over here, the Swahili opinion to say it every day.
Tov. We will end there for today, Bezrat Hashem. And next week we'll deal with the laws of Shofar and uh, and Tkiat uh, Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Okay? Have a great week and a great day. Kol Tov. Kol Tov to the Rabbah.